Hey, Donnie here. I wanted to tell you about Champions 90. Champions 90 isn't a workout routine or a fitness routine. This is about you transforming your life mentally, giving yourself an upgrade while you build to business freedom. Champions 90 is about you getting quiet with your thoughts, staying focused on building your business and getting you to freedom. Come join the challenge at champions90.com. All right, guys, it's going to be another fun episode as I bring on Aaron Levy and, and we talk about a lot of really cool things, but I, talk, I love how he talks about raising a bar and the research and the studies he's done behind, you know, figuring out what intrinsically motivates people and how he's taken that knowledge into businesses and helped create these kind of transformational leaders in the middle management market. I mean, it's a really, really good, good conversation. You know, as always, you know, this show has been brought to you by Point Blank Safety Services for, you know, well over 200 episodes. It's been so awesome that they've been part of the team this entire ride. They have a huge event coming up that you should really, really look at. It's called the Hopscotch Event. And in this event, there's, they're doing cigarette rolling, bourbon tasting. I mean, it's an all-inclusive, really high-end event uh, in Arlington, Texas, that actually at Texas Rangers Stadium. And I think, you know, this would be a great opportunity for not only for you to give back to an amazing organization, but to also uh, uh, help local law, law enforcement, uh, especially the family of fallen officers, because that's what they do with their nonprofit. Do me a favor. Go to bit.ly slash hopscotchblue and check out the event. Um, tickets are $100 in person. They include all your food and drinks and tastings all the way through there. If you use the code word success, when you go check this out, you'll get $20 off your tickets. So you can actually get in there for $80 a person. So, so go to bit.ly backslash hop, H-O-P, scotch, S-C-O-T-C-H, blue, and, and you know check it out, the event. It's going to be an amazing time. Now, guys, let's dive into Aaron Levy. This is a cool conversation. Your success and greatness is ready to take flight right now. The fruits of your labor are just turning right right now. That's why you planted all those seeds, so you can take a bite right now. The unbelievable, it's now believable. You're reaching new heights right now. The ground is no place for champions. The ground is no place for champions. The ground is no place for champions. The ground is no place. All right, guys, it's going to be another fun episode. I'm bringing on Aaron Levy. The dude's got a cool background, and I love what his company's attempting to do in the marketplace, and I think it's, it's going to be an interesting conversation. But I'm Donnie Bovee, and this is Donnie Success Champions. Aaron, welcome to the show, brother. Please tell us your Chicago Chi-Town story. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on, Donnie. I'm excited to connect and chat and uh, have this good conversation. Uh, my, my success story... Um, I don't know if we call it success, but my <laughs> journey, let's say, uh, my journey started with this question, uh, that I was rumbling around in my head, which is why is, why, when we know better, don't we do better? Uh, why as human beings, when we know what we want to do, don't we actually do it? It's like, why do we have new year's resolutions? We say we're going to do something, but we don't necessarily do it. Only, I don't know, 8% of us ever accomplished our new year's resolutions. And I was always fascinated by that. I was fascinated by why when we roll something out to our team and give them the knowledge and give them the equipment and the, the understanding and even get their buy-in, they say, yeah, I'm going to do it on a Friday. The next Friday, are only half the people doing it. And so I spent the early part of my career studying the science of behavior change of why do people do what they do, of how, what like triggers habit formation in people's lives. And so looked at you know, the science of motivation and Adetchi and looked at Charles Duhigg and habit loops and then also started to look at casinos and how do casinos influence human behavior and how do grocery stores influence human behavior. So looked at all the different influences that drive people to take action, whether they know it or not. Um, and it was fascinating to me and it was just freaking research. Uh, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't what actually happens in real life. And so I was fortunate in my first, uh, the first company I was a part of, I was the, the first employee and we worked with, a large organization that had a large global fortune 100 organization that had hundreds of thousands of employees, millions of employees across the world. And we got to test this out with them. 
And so it was like my freaking playground. Um, <laughs> I got to check out what really works to move someone from knowing to doing, from knowledge to action. And so we did year-long coaching programs. We did lunch and learns. We did webinars. We did week-long training programs. We even did like animated videos. We tried everything. And as the director of education and delivery, I got to like test it out and see what works and see what didn't work. And in that, in that span of working with thousands of leaders, I, I uncovered two really uh, pivotal insights. Uh, the first was what, what, what actually works to move someone from knowing to doing rapidly, effectively, efficiently. Like what is the methodology and the process for doing that? Um, and that's kind of the grounding for all that we do at Raise the Bar. It's like the, the baseline for how we think about our work. But far more important, I found was, I found what I love to do. Um, I found, you know, in this like higher existential level of like, why am I here on this earth? Um, what I call what my, what my commitment to the world was. And it was these little bursts of energy that I would get from interacting with people and seeing that light switch turn on or that trigger switch when they would go from knowing to doing, when they would go to taking action in their lives. And and it was you know, the best way I could describe it at the time. And now is it was seeing their potential being unlocked. Mm. And that was like my drug. Um, and it, by the way, it still is. Um, <laughs> and it fills me up and excites me and uh, it gets me motivated to go do work. And, um, you know, it, it's why I do what I do. Um, and it had me start to ask some different questions of the work I was doing of, how to approach it of how do I, how do I go unlock people's potential in a more impactful way? How do I address this in a more meaningful way? And, and that had me, that had me looking around, um, you know, at the time I was probably 25, 26. And I looked around all my friends who were 25 and 26 and not one of them was satisfied with their job. Um, it didn't matter how much money they were making. It didn't matter how cool their office was. It didn't matter if they had a barista on staff. It didn't like none of that stuff mattered. All the stuff that you think matters, right? Free LaCroix and cereal bars and kombucha on tap and you name it, I've seen it. And I've seen people leave those companies just as fast as they were excited to come in. And th that confused me. Um, it made me curious to understand what's going on here because clearly there's potential that's not being tapped into. Clearly my friends and then everybody else I started interviewing and exploring and finding their leaf stories weren't tapped into their potential. Um, and they wanted to be. And the companies wanted them to be too. Mm. And so there's this kind of like two headed problem. And I, I was wondering why is that the case? What's the common factor that would drive this? What's the, the biggest source of influence for this potential not being met? And um, it's the manager position. The manager position is a single most influential position within an organization to actually, it's the person that you work with on a daily basis or weekly basis that helps you perform. That's your coach. Um, and yet most managers suck mm -hmm. and they're not coaches and they suck because they get promoted because they're good at what they do, right? The sales manager is promoted because he sold the most or she sold the most or she was the most, whatever that was, uh, not because she's good at leading people. And those are two very different skill sets. I and love telling companies that, that, that if you promote your best salesperson, a sales manager, you're the stupidest CEO in the face of the earth. And here's why you just took your greatest asset, your biggest producer, your strongest salesperson out of the fucking field. Why would the hell would you remove that asset and continue to grow your company. Go find the guy that really wants to coach, train, and lead people and put them in that role. Continue on. That's my tear. I love diving you couldn't, in. You couldn't say it better. And what, what you didn't address there is, so you take, a, you take a salesperson who's producing, right? Who's a high performer, who's producing really well, who's bringing in a lot for your company. Maybe even so much that you need to restructure your comp structure right? Which is fantastic. You want to be doing that because that means that they're doing such a great job. And then you have them lead a team and you expect them to sell, right? So their priorities are mismatched. How can they continue to sell while leading a team? And when they don't lead that team well, then you're hurting their performance, right? You're losing a good salesperson yourself, which you mentioned, but then you're also deteriorating your sales team and their ability to perform when and losing salespeople. Well, here's why. 
those guys that are your top one percenter type salespeople, they don't know how to do what they've done. So therefore they can't teach what they've done. They just have been tenacious as hell to get it done. And that's the job is you show up, you go to freaking work, you close some deals and then you go home. They don't have a process. They don't have a system. They don't have a, my background sales, if you can't tell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but they don't have a structure or anything to, to teach because they don't know how to do what they do. They just wake up and do it. And, and go ahead. Even if they did, even if they did, Donnie, you know this, they wouldn't have the time. No. Where is the time to do that? If I'm expected to continue to sell and to lead these people, how do I like, I don't know how to lead these people. I don't know what to do. Okay. Well, follow my worse, process. If, my process is what works. You have to do it. And if you don't do it, you're, you're fired. Yeah. You're fired. And you know, the comp structure for salespeople in their first year, they're usually paid a salary and they don't really build up until year two. And then if they're turning over 12 or 16 months in, you're just throwing away money left and right yep. on top of throwing away opportunity. And that's what I see happening all too often. I, and well, I think you just described 90% of businesses in the marketplace. And, and the problem is, is companies grow, they get to expand and you know, they start out small mom and pop, then as they can grow and they scale and they continue to move forward. Now they're, they're putting out fires and growth pains. And a lot of times that move to take somebody and put them in a manager role is, is a almost gut reaction. They haven't put a lot of thought and process to that. Just, it turns that fire off for a little while. You know, it's, it's amazing. I, I'm laughing because I have an article coming out in Forbes in a couple of weeks, which is how to hire the right manager. And there's, there's like some questions you need to ask so that you set yourself up for success. <laughs> like some baseline things. Do they want to manage? Are you, do they have the tools and skills? If they don't have the tools and skills, are you giving them the tools and skills? And is, are their incentives aligned? Right? If, if the sales manager's incentive is just to produce on their own, they're never going to pay any attention to their team. Right? Well, you know, absolutely right. And you, know, you want to throw it in there on top of it is, you know, if you, because a lot of those top performers, there's a lot of them that want to be the sales manager, right? They're hoping because they're tired of the grind of being in sales every day. And you, I mean, they didn't want to keep it just in sales, but a lot of people want to evolve to that next level. The problem is, is in, and I'm assuming this is where your company comes into play, is, is, is companies just take that person, we'll call him Bob, and they take Bob and they put him now in a management role and they say, go. No structure, no coaching, no training, no anything. And then they're pissed off when it doesn't work, which is uh, repeated so many times in businesses. Um, why do you think companies do that? Well, as a business owner myself, it's very easy to fall into the trap of doing business without looking inward into your business, mm. right? Like you want to sell and you want to make sure what you're doing is working and you want to make sure the way your business is running from an external standpoint with your clients is successful. And so that's where all your energy is, right? How do we learn from our clients? How do we get better? How do we sell to our clients? How do we continue keeping our clients? How do we market ourselves to our potential clients? All those things. If you don't have that, you don't have a business, right? So you need those things. And yet what we do is when we reach traction success with that, what worked then we actually need to look internally and say, Hey, do we have our ducks in a row? I can't tell you how many clients that I work with that they say, oh yeah, we do this strategy work for clients, but we don't do this ourselves. Yeah, we all need to do this internal work, getting clear on our values, our vision, our mission, and getting clear on how do we give our people the tools to succeed because what I did isn't necessarily the right thing for what you're gonna need to do, but we do need to have a common set of tools to develop as leaders. And so, you know, what we've been kind of, you know, going back and forth on is why most managers suck. It's mm. in the structure and the DNA of how we think about building companies or don't think about growing companies. And because of that, most suck. They're just not given the, the tools and skills. And so we think similar to learning how to model in Excel or similar to learning how to use a CRM system, those are skills to be trained. Leadership skills are skills to be trained too. Only 10% of leaders have the natural born skills. And I don't think it's, I think it's a cop out when someone says, oh, but she doesn't have the natural skills or she does have the natural skills. Great. It doesn't matter. Does she want to lead or not? 
Yeah. And if she does, then we can give her the tools and skills to lead. And so that's what we do at Raise the Bar. We kind of empower managers to learn the skills, to practice them deliberately and in live situations, to reflect on them through coaching sessions, and then make it so that those skills are adopted as habits. So you don't have to think about doing it every day. You're just doing it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah. What's, what's interesting is as people are you know going along that process and they're trying to figure out you know how do they move forward and how do they level up you know companies oftentimes I'll go back to are just trying to put a band-aid on you know the situation and not invest in their people and it goes back to the conundrum of Richard Branson's famous saying is you know um, CEOs are always worried of you know what if I train my people and they and they leave and Richard always comes back and says yeah but what if you don't train them and they stay you know which is just a brilliant freaking quote and you know the trick is is training's not cheap right and you don't always know what you're going to get what the results are um, going you know through some sort of process system this that and the other so how does a CEO business owner look at their business and go it's worth investing in my people to get them to the level that I need them to be to actually move forward in life that's a great question um, and one of the things we talk about is well one what is the outcome they're looking for right? We do six, 12, 18 months, right? Let's say at the end of six months, what are you looking to be different? And one CEO said, I need my leaders to stop being uh, yes people to me and I need them to start challenging me. And that's how I'll know if we're successful. And I usually like to have much more detailed specific metrics, but he said, I'll know if they're successful, if they are, are taking charge, if they're leading, if they are leading versus doing, right? Because we promote these great doers and then they become super doers right? As managers and leaders. Uh, but what he was saying is I need them to be leaders. I need them to get more out of their people um, and stop doing all of the work. And the way in which we, like if you're a CEO, say, how do we make sure that happens? Well, one, we get really clear on what the purpose is up front. So we don't say, hey, we're going to do this to make you a better person. No. What we say is, this is, the CEO will say, here's why we've, we've engaged with Raise the Bar. Here's what we're looking to achieve. We want, I want you to be better at challenging me. I want you to be a better leader and not just doer. I want you to be taking more ownership and control over your division and your department. That's what I'm hoping you get out of this training. So we set the context from the start. Right? That is like in our pre-communication, that's in when they first hear about it, why are we doing this work? And then everything from there over the next six months is designed to make sure that we achieve that goal. So if we think about that as a sphere we're playing in, we don't go outside of that sphere. You might think we're outside that sphere at some point when we're talking about listening. How does listening have, a, have an impact here? But we're constantly making that connection of how is the skill that you're learning making the impact? And then what we do to make sure it's impacted with each individual is the training is only one part of the program. The training is like, individuals like adult learners only re retain about 10% of what they learn. So in each training, we only teach one skill. Right? We teach one thing, leave after a half day or a full day with this one skill or two skills. And then they have to practice it because the way habit formation works uh, is it's like walking down a field of grass that's, that's 10 foot high tall. And so at some points you don't necessarily know where you're going, but you get to the end that you want to and you walk through the grass and could you repeat that again? Uh, it might be hard. The grass might come back up. And so what we're making sure that you do over the course of roughly one month per skill is you're going back and forth down that path in the field of grass. You're putting signs up along the way that say, hey, I'm going in the right direction. So completing a homework assignment, you're gonna, you're gonna know when you screwed up and you're gonna say to yourself, oh, this is what not to do. Okay, here's a sign of what not to do, or here's a path not to go down. And that helps you too. And then you get on a call with your coach and your coach will debrief what worked, what didn't, what do you need to do better? And you and your coach are designing how you apply your learning to the way in which you lead. So that in this situation, you can challenge your CEO so that you can lead more than do. And that then is the context for the individual. So each individual, and that's the thing about human behavior changes, you have to be the driver for yourself. If there's one thing that I learned is you can't make anybody else change. Yeah. Right? You know, here's the interesting thing is when I was doing sales training, 
I constantly told salespeople that you've got to run your book of business like a business owner, right? You've got to basically become an entrepreneur of your sales career. What I didn't realize is I didn't know what that meant until I became a business owner, right? Because you don't know what you don't know. So how do you ingrain that kind of learning into an individual? Oh shit. You, you hit the, you hit the crux, um, the crux of, of our work. Uh, and that's the, that's actually one of the very first things we do in the training. The first hour, hour and a half, um, we focus on what we call your leverage for leading. Why should you care about doing any of this work? Cause it's a lot of work. Why should you care about it? And what we do is we prime their brains with intake forms before they come in by asking them a series of questions. And, um, I'll just share this quote that, that really highlights it for me. It's, it's by Seneca, I believe. And it says, you can have all the wind in your sails, but if you have no harbor to go to, you're going nowhere. Mm, true. And so it sounds this like this high level existential question, but we have them actually get clear on what is their commitment to the world, not just to leading, not just to their company, not just to their team, but to the world. And if you have kids, it's usually what you want to give your kids, right? It's like, what do you want to leave them with if you can only leave them with one thing? And it's not usually, you know, I've done this thousands upon thousands of times. It's never money, right? It's, I want to help them be the best people they can be. I want to help them um, be able to see the world with open eyes. I want to, I want them to constantly seek the truth, right? Whatever that is, those are different commitments that our leaders end up coming up with, um, and we don't tell them that at the start because that's not something, you know, I don't want to go into something where I have to do a deep personal dive, a sales trainer. I don't want, why would I do that? And it's framed in the way of this is your leverage for being the best possible leader because we all have a purpose or a commitment in this world. Now we're just not necessarily aware of it, right? Most of us live our lives by chance and not by choice. And kind of this is like the underlying of why I do what I do right? Of how people lack their potential. It's, it's when people get clear on why they do what they do and on what fills them up and on what excites them. And that, that's then their driver to live their life by choice and not on sleep mode and, and so to really wake up. The, 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 and I'll keep coming back to this is most people don't know how to answer that question, right? Is, is they're sitting in a room and if you're asking them to figure out what their purpose in life is, I guarantee you're getting deer in the headlight looks because they've never asked that question themselves. So, so my challenge is how in a room structure, not one-on-one, -on -one, do you get them to literally, uh, and he's grinning at me because I told him this was gonna be a different type of interview. Um, how do you get them to find the inner courage to challenge their own thought process to discover what they really want to be when they grow up and what's the impact or legacy they live on the world. And follow-up question, how does that not scare the pure living shit out of a CEO that he's got a room full of people thinking about what they want to be when they grow up? <laughs> oh, I'm loving this. I'm laughing. Every so I laugh because this is, this is the constant crux of what we at Raise the Bar think about, right? And we've constantly been growing and developing it because, you know, you can do good, even really good trainings without it. Um, and people who are just bought in and want to be better leaders, they can continue growing. And the difference between the people that freaking kick ass and really develop in the companies that thrive are the ones where we do this. And so we don't compromise from this anymore. Um, what we do is we design it in, in a lot of ways. So I'll kind of give you the secret sauce in some, some semblances. So we have an intake form that all our leaders before the training fill out. And then intake form asks them several questions about their life, a couple of life experiences. And it'll seem out there, right? And it'll seem weird, but we're asking them to tell us some stories about themselves. Mm. That primes their brain to think about those stories and gets them already in a mode of thinking about their purpose, even though they don't know they're doing it. So we're priming their brain. They come into the training and we do a lot of setup around what's their goals, what are they looking for? We actually say, what happens if nothing changes? We do some fear setting, right? Like, let's go to the worst possible scenario. And then we, we break off into an activity where with a partner, they actually share stories about themselves. And when you share stories, like if you shared a story about you at yourself at your best or something that really filled you up or something that you're really proud of, 
I would say within probably 30 seconds, me or any other individual could see when your face lit up. It just happens, right? You just, you see, probably see it, saw when some one of your salesperson was talking about that sale and how it was closed and how excited it made him, something in that lit him up, right? Or lit her up. And whatever that was, you start to identify and you put themes to. And so what we do is we have them start to think about it. We don't say, tell me your purpose. Hi, we're starting the training. Tell me your life's purpose, <laughs> right? Because we would get to you in the headlights. But we do a lot of brain priming around the area to then lead into what does that look like? And then we do mini group sessions within the training to, to understand and get clear on it. And I'm not dumb enough and we're not dumb enough to think that people are going to leave the room saying, oh, I know my purpose in life. <laughs> uh, no, no. And it's getting, the, it started the conversation and that's why they have one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions. So they continue that conversation. And the so, truth is, here, here's just one more nugget. The truth is, is that like we often think finding my life's purpose is something that I have to go out and do. That's not, that's <laughs> outside of me. It's something that you show up and you do every single day. I had a client the other day who said, I don't know the last time I, I lived into this purpose of helping others be at their best. I said, I bet you, you did it an hour ago. I said, what'd you do an hour ago? And he explained to me, I said, yeah, you did it, right? You don't know you do it, but that's just how you show up every day. You bleed who you are. That's who you are. And so we just help people connect with their kind of unconscious self from time to time. So, I mean, that, that's why you're working with the leadership teams and not necessarily the people who report to the leadership teams. Correct. Because if you did this in a room full of sales guys, they're going to laugh at you. I mean, not, not out of you know, meanness, spite or anything else, but you're walking into a room of massive egos that are, are, are not going to play the fluffy side of things because the fluffy side of things didn't get them where they go, which I would challenge them all day long. It's the fluffy stuff that actually helps you conquer the world. Can I you tell know? you a story? Yeah, please do. So I had a client who reached out to us and they were searching leadership training online and they reached out and they said, I, I love everything that you do. It sounds great. It sounds like it's a real fit, but our people are different. <laughs> they're, Right. They're no nonsense salespeople. They don't want any fluff. You know, I want, you're going to have to, you're going to deal with people who will like bark back at you. And so, first of all, we've, I've, we've had enough trainings in my life where I've, I've had all of the, all of that and above. Um, but that wasn't, that wasn't the point. I said, you know what, if everyone does have a commitment and a purpose and a reason, and we don't call it that, right? we're talking about it because we're having a podcast right now, but we don't, right. we don't talk about it like that. We talk about, Hey, what is it that you want for yourself out of this training, right? I want to grow my sales team, right? I want to build our sales numbers. What's your best access to doing that, right? And every salesperson will be committed to getting clear on what's their best access to getting more sales, right? And to building that sales pipeline. And so we connect with that. And, and I said, I said, you know, that's what we'll do. I, I, that, that's all I can give you is I know we're going to do that. Sat in the room, first, first hour, boom. And, and it's because we're going after something that's important to them. And we're not saying it's your purpose. We're saying, what do you want to achieve? Mm -hmm. In order to achieve that, you have to get clear on what is going to enable you to do that. No, that's smart because, you know, most trainings in 20 years of sales, I've seen a lot of different styles of training. And I can usually tell you really quick within the first five minutes of somebody walking in front of the room, if it's going to be a shit conference or if it's actually going to be a, a value. And what I've found over the years is most training is the trainer trying to find some personal gratification and have that front of the room experience where the room goes, dude, you're such a great trainer. They're not actually teaching anything. They're looking for those personal accolades all the way along the lines. The mere fact that you just said, that we're changing the philosophy and how we approach this to help people find their purpose is a brilliant maneuver that I would challenge that most of the traders in the world have no idea how to fucking do. You know? So here, here's, here's a couple of truths. One is the thing that some, one of the things that fills me up the most, right. Is helping people unlock their potential. And the way in which I get that the most is in trainings, right? I love being in front of people. I love getting that right. That fills me up. No lie. And I realized in order to help people be at their best and companies be at their best, I need to give two shits about how they like me. I care more about what are they doing at the end of the training, mm. which is why our trainings aren't just a one day training, 
our trainings are you have to go do your homework and you have to go get in the car with the coach and you come back next month and you have, you learn another skill. And so we debrief, I just debriefed my coaches today, yesterday about what's happening with each individual on the team. What actions are they taking, right? The question I ask is, are they taking the actions that they need to take to achieve the goals they want to achieve? Whatever goals they set, however big or small, that doesn't matter. It's, are they taking the actions? And that's why like my philosophy has always been around how do we get people to move from knowing to doing, from knowledge to action versus, oh, this was so awesome. This was fun. I really liked it. Great. Uh, that, that, does, that doesn't do much for us because our company is about producing outcomes. Right. So how does that, an individual do this, right? So, I mean, I get how you're doing this in a group setting, but, but if, if there's somebody listening to the show and they're on their journey, they're, they're heading down their path, and they're like, okay, I get it. You know, if my company paid for it, I could go through this training, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, I really want to do this for myself. I want to work on me and be able to figure out how to move forward. How do they do that? Is there a magic pill or some sort of magic wand you can give them and say, poof, you're done? Uh, you <laughs> I wish know, you guys could see his face right now. <laughs> you, know, you know the answer to that is no. Um, you know, there, there's the science of success, and the science of success is do the work, figure out what doesn't work, adapt, make changes, and continue doing the work. And so what we do is, is not something that there's a, a magic pill for. Um, it's something that requires doing the work taking, you know, being humble and having some humility around when you're, when it's not working so you can adjust and try again, right? It's like when you're selling, Hey, is this pitch working? No, it's not worked for the last 10 people. I need to adjust the way I'm saying it. Then when I find a way that works, I need to continue doing it. I need to continue making sure I, I send those out. I need to go to the evening events to meet people, right? All those steps that you need to take to close a sale. Right. And that's even, those are even the first steps. That's not even like talking about meetings and follow-ups. And so it's continuing to do the work. And so if there's an individual, I was actually on the phone with an individual this morning who said, I want to do this work so that one, I can make my job easier as a leader and a manager of people. And so that I can take the next step in my career. And one of the things that we've done is we've said, instead of just allowing this for internal companies that have, you know, leadership teams of six or more. And because of that, we have a boot camp, and so our boot camp is the same exact method and the same exact model where leaders from different organizations come together. Mm. So we had our last one two weeks ago and we had nine leaders from five different organizations, right? From presidents to principals to first-time managers to directors, all of it in one room with everyone with the same purpose, right? And their purpose was to develop their skill sets as leaders. Now, it gets a little more intricate when they talk about what they really, why they want to be doing it, but they're all there together and they're learning and they're going through it. And then they go off and have their coaching sessions and their homework. And so we're able to, to activate that for individuals. Um, so that's one answer to your question. The other answer is, hey, if I'm just an individual and I want to like listen to this podcast and figure out how to do it, my first insight would be to ask yourself, what really fills you up? What excites you? What gets you going on, on the days where you, you've had those really good days? And if you have a kid, what do you want to give your kid? And usually it's something of what you want for yourself or what you want for somebody else. And if, if it's what you want for yourself, right? Like I want to help myself be at my best or I want to constantly be open to the different surroundings and different perspectives in the world. That's also likely what you want to give others. And when you stand in that, right? I want to give others the open perspectives that this world has it changes the lens by which you approach every day. And so that's like, it's just even getting that thought through your head, right? And you might be like, hey, what the heck is this guy talking about on a success podcast? And it's like woo woo, non-business stuff. But if you ask me, that's what I would tell you. Yeah. No, I mean, I get it because, I, and I agree with you. The only challenge that I'll have in there is most people are moving through life like a zombie. And they've never looked inside, thought about looking inside. And so when tasked with the idea of figuring out what the hell they want to do, um, they may come up with an answer. I'm going to pause you. I'm going to stop on, you. Please. Not figuring out what they want to do. That's not what we're talking about here. What fills you up? What excites you? What is a moment you, of you at your best? What's the significant experience in your life or something that you're proud of? Um, or what do you want to give others, right? Not like tactically, I want to give others this product. I want to give others this training. Like 
what do you, if, if there's only like one thing you could leave back or give, and it's not even answering that question. It's exactly what you said. Most of us are zombies. And so the, if all you did after listening to this episode was to ponder that question, you're moving in the right direction. We often think we have to be like going, 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 doing, doing, doing. And if we think of like a continuum where doing is doing and thinking is on the far end and being is on the other end, most Americans are on the far end of doing and thinking. And True. like a Buddhist monk is on the far end of being. And what I'm proposing here is that we move not all the way to the Buddhist monk end, but that we move a little bit away from doing and, and thinking to just maybe being, right? And being in what it feels like to ponder that question. And sometimes in the slowing down, you can really progress and move forward. I'm sure you know, as a business owner, it's mm -hmm. like, hey, in order to, to do really well, I actually need to take a day, a quarter or a day, a year or whatever, how a day a month to stop and look at where we're at as a business and strategize. And that's being, right? That's like reflecting. And then that helps you accelerate your business forward. And so it's the same thing with an individual. If you want to progress forward, don't start by doing a bunch of things and planning what job you want to have. Actually start by asking yourself, what's important to me? What fills me up? If I had all the money in the world, right? If I had all the money I needed and accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish, what would I be doing with my time? You know, I, I appreciate this a lot because I know for a fact that most people have never explored that in their life. You know, what fills them up, you know, what, what doesn't inspire them. They, they haven't stepped into their own personal greatness. And the fact that you bring it into business is a really, really, really cool thing. Um, there's got to be certain entities you're getting pushback from, you know, trying to, and you've done a really good job of, corporatizing the the terminology and phraseology that you you use throughout this entire podcast so good on you thanks um, um you know where do you think this is all all taking you where's this all going i mean are are you going to conquer the world and change the philosophy of business as a whole or or are you gonna continue to grow at the rate you guys are going where i mean that's really what i want to know is where's is this taking you yeah it's a, it's a great question and i i'll give you an answer and it will probably continue to change and evolve as i change and evolve you know the simplest sense that if i can if we can be doing that with one more person every day um, if we can be impacting them and helping them create and unlock that that's why i get on these podcasts because if one other person listens and thinks about hey how can i unlock my potential as a result of this conversation, then I've succeeded. And so what we're trying to do is to continue to expand and to grow that in a way that will create a, a, a wonderful life for, for ourselves, you know, as a team um, and continue to grow and help the companies as much as we can. Now are we going to, is our goal to be with, you know, 5 million leaders by the end of the next five years? You know, probably not that ambitious, but we're continuing to grow and work with thousands of leaders every year and grow that um, in a way that's meaningful. Because the truth is, is like, I love to look at the big picture. It's important. We have a three-year vision and we have, you know, one-year plans and we, we do all of that from a business strategy standpoint. And I also like to step back and say, like, each person that you impact, the reason that I love working with leaders, managers, is because then they're managing four, five, ten other people that the way they show up and maybe put their phone away during a call or maybe just show the other person that they care or maybe ask powerful questions like you're asking, it unlocks and uncovers other things. And so like the, the breadth of just that one person is pretty wide and I don't like to lose sight of that. I think that's really important because as soon as we do, then I devalue the current work that we're doing by only looking forward. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, hundred percent. It's like, that's what I ponder with. Like, I think, I think back about both of those things. Cause as you know, we have to continue growing. We have to continue. We don't have to, we're choosing to continue to give this to more people. Right. And that's the reason we're doing it is to help and serve more people. And the people that we're serving, we got to make sure that we're fully engaged in the impact that that is and the potential that each of those conversations has. Yeah. Um, man, I appreciate the hell out of that because 
you're literally tacking, tackling a monster issue in business, which is you're trying to actually, you know, put a culture into businesses and, you know, for years, businesses haven't really embraced cultures. I mean, I had a conversation with a very well-known entrepreneur not too long ago. And he asked me about my business and what I was doing and everything else. And I said, well, you know, I'm setting everything up to make sure I have the right culture as I continue to grow. As we continue to bring on more people and more staff and everything else, I want to make sure that we're all rowing in the same boat. And he looked at me without skipping a beat and said, the hell do you need a culture for? And I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, dude, what is you're going to sell this thing someday. I said, maybe. I said, but for me, legacy is everything. You know, um, that's, that's just part of my mission, part of my plan. And he goes, yeah, well, you don't need culture because culture you can't sell. And I'm like, well, what if I'm not going to sell? What, is, what does that do for my business? He goes, that's all the fluffy stuff. You just need to get more profitable, more profitable, more profitable. And I bring up that story because I know that's what you're stacked up against with what you're trying to do on a regular basis. So how are you guys targeting the companies to be able to do what you do? Because not every one of them, uh, and I would challenge that there's more companies that don't give a shit about the culture than do, you know, how are you guys targeting businesses and individuals to be able to say, this is the type of company we need, we should engage with. Cause I guarantee there's no way in hell you guys are taking on everybody that you sit across from. Nope. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're very, we're very specific. Um, one is that's a company we wouldn't work with right that example uh, the the things that we look for well one in the language that we use we're talking about not how do you not once have I talked about company culture right I've right. talked about the actions that your leaders take just so happens that our definition of culture is the actions that all the individual people in your organization take on a daily basis that's what culture is it's just the actions that we all do right um, and so it's changeable in the way that you, you can influence and impact and change the actions of all your people. And how do you do that? The leaders. So we are going and playing in that work. You've, you've sensed it, but we don't talk about that because that's not changing culture is this amorphous thing, right? Working with leaders to develop the skills so that they show up in the ways that they come better. That's not so amorphous. And the way we talk about it with the CEOs is we say, Hey, what are the outcomes you're looking for? That's what we're driving towards. We're not driving towards how do you make people feel better about themselves or make other people feel better. And to be perfectly honest, our like psychographic of a, of a client is a CEO who realizes that their people are an asset and not just a liability on a balance sheet. <laughs> well said. So if you think that's the, if, if, if like someone said that to me, I would immediately, I would enjoy a conversation and realize that they're not a fit. Um, we don't go after companies like that. Um, we're not in the business of convincing people that they need this. We're in the business of helping people who know that they need to get more out of their people and need to be better, that, that we are the way in which we can help them do that. I was talking to a CEO last night and he said, you know, we're growing and we're growing fast. And, you know, now I'm not, I'm not able to spend the time with everybody that I used to. And I just, I know our people our, our managers are, for, this is their first job in, in general. And now they're managers because they've grown with us and they, you know, they don't know how to reinforce the actions that we're asking them to do with their people and how to hold them accountable. And right. And I said, okay, here's how we could do that. Right. Here's how we do that. And we would suggest that. And so we partner with organizations that realize that they need to get more out of their people that telling someone to do something isn't the same thing as them doing it. A hundred percent. And so those are the, those are the conversations that we love to have. And we look for fit uh, because if the fit isn't there, we've gotten burned. Right. And, and it's, and being burned is you might get money, but you're not going to get referrals. Uh, you're not going to have fun doing the work. Your, your employees aren't going to enjoy doing the work and it's probably going to be a hassle all along the way. When there's a fit, we're all moving in the same direction, facing the same challenges together and really going towards the same outcomes together and willing to do the work because it, it takes work. It's not just the money that you pay for this. You're paying for people to be off the floor selling or to be off the floor, you know, on customer accounts, whatever it is, they're not doing their day job per se when they're in a training or when they're on the call with their coach. So I, I really hope the business owners that listen to the show just heard that because I mean, to me, that's business one-on-one. 
is, is you get that right. Business gets a lot more simple because you can get everybody at the, the old cliche, you get everybody rolling in the right direction, right? When you look at your business as everything's a dollar sign, you know, everything's, you know, uh, a liability type thing, you lose um, because and, and two, I want to add in there just because that guy really pissed me off with that conversation. But <laughs> I want to add in there as well. You're also an asshole because you just screwed over an entire company full of people. Yep. Because you're not helping them get further in life. All you're doing is lining your fucking pocket. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the unfortunate thing is that you can succeed in business without thinking about these things. Yes. Um, sometimes you can, like the product market fit is there and you're able to push and, and things just work. Um, and then I ask, well, what would be possible if you actually did have people that were motivated? If you actually did have people that cared, if you actually were able to, to make quick changes and work through product development in a quick way because people listened to each other and took action and didn't have these like stupid politics, like, what would be possible? So, to me, that isn't that is a way of doing business, and we just don't engage with those leaders because that's not the way in which we do business, and we don't want to associate with that kind of business because it treats people like shit, yeah. um, and and that's that's not what we're about. I mean, I, I can tell you the most miserable company I ever worked for in my life. Um, I saw the CEO probably twice in seven years. You know, and he never walked the floor. He never came out and said hi to everybody. He lived in his glass castle and uh the only reason he came out and spoke is because we were being bought out by a larger conglomerate so you were everybody knew they were a number in the company you know and numbers can always be replaced so i did well but i did just enough <laughs> yep. just enough right it's and that's actually the that's how human motivation works um external stimuli like making money or like not getting fired that can motivate you just enough it's like you pay your kid to read a book and they'll read the book but then they're going to want more money the next time yeah right and so when we have external stimuli we do just enough to get by when we're motivated by our internal drivers right by the things that fill us up then we go above and beyond and that's what um how we define engagement it's the extra discretionary effort towards your work and that's especially for you know these young fast growing businesses you need that you need employees that are giving you the extra discretionary effort they're thinking about the ideas that are challenging what's happening right now and the big companies need it too because they'll fail um but the small companies are doing it more often and they need that you need that extra effort to continue to grow and to continue to do special things that's it, man. It has been a fun conversation. Uh, you, you know, you never know where conversation is going to go, but, but I enjoyed the hell out of this one, man. Um, how do people get in touch with you? How do they find you guys, make fun of you guys, whatever you need them to do in the world? How do they get in touch with you? So they can get in touch with us at um, www.raisebar, R-A-I-S-E-B-A-R.co. Um, and then that's where they can find out about the boot camp and sign up and apply for the boot camp, and they can learn more and read our blogs and our, you know, our little videos that we put up there. Um, and if they want to make fun of me, they can email me directly at nice. Aaron at raisebar.co. Just don't make fun of my employees. Make fun of me, right? Because right, I'm the right? one on this podcast. That's all I ask. <laughs> but you can make fun of me directly or go to raisebar.co. That's legit. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. I appreciate that. Well, brother, here's how I like to wrap up every show. And I do stump some people with this, so, so stand by. If you could leave the champions who listen to this show, 78 countries, 79 countries now uh, across the world um, that are on a journey, on a you know, path, if you could leave them with a quote, a phrase, a saying, a mantra, something they can take with them on their journey, especially when they're stacked up against it. What would be that quote, phrase, or saying you would say, remember this? The mind is like a parachute. It has to be open for it to work. Oh, dude, you need that on a freaking t-shirt. All right, man, I appreciate that. That's awesome. That's awesome. 
I'm gonna have to borrow that one from you. So it's not mine. It's actually Gino Wickman. Uh, he wrote the book Traction, yeah, which yeah, is a great, great book. Great, I, you great know book. what? Traction is a great book, but I like the the other one better. Um, that's the story version of Traction. Uh, oh yeah, I haven't read that one. Um, shit, I can't believe I can't. It's escaping my mind. Oh well. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, <laughs> that doesn't make it easy. But Aaron, dude, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for telling your story. You know, thanks for hanging out with us. I really, truly appreciate it. Well, Donnie, thank you for having me on. This has been a blast. I loved the depth of this conversation. <laughs> awesome. Brother. Yeah, and the ground. It's no place for a champion. Wow, what a killer conversation, man. Just cool time to sit down with Aaron and go through. I love everything they're doing at Raise the Bar. Um, and really going to see some really cool things in the future from them. So excited to bring that to you. And I'm telling you uh, just a lot of cool things have been going on with the business and everything we're doing there. You know, we've got the Facebook group that's 800 strong and continues to grow. We've got the magazine launched, you know, we've got other podcasts going and with your high vibe business, you know, and just doing a lot of really, really cool things is, if you think get any value out of this show, would you do me the honor of sharing this out with one person? You know, tag somebody in and say, hey, you should listen to this show. It means everything for me. And, and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I appreciate you guys being awesome and amazing. Thank you for everything that you do. Thanks for tuning in. You know, be awesome and keep rocking and Kevin and I have a lot of fun each week recording these episodes and sharing our best thoughts and ideas with you all. Man, we're just proud to, to have you guys as listeners always tuning in. And we really appreciate the messages. We get the DMs, the emails, and the likes from you guys with questions and ideas for future shows. And that just means the world to us. We really are changing how the world networks. We've poured our heart and soul into Success Champions Networking, and it continues to grow. So if you haven't checked out a chapter and you're looking for a mastermind group of pure, absolute badasses that understand that giving introductions are way more powerful than referrals, go to successchampionnetworking.com and request a visit. And thanks for being you. Thanks for being a champion of your success, because that's what it means to be a success champion.